chapter number two, and uh, we're going to look at, now you can also find a portion of what I'm going to cover, but for the sake of time, uh, I'm going to also look at some things that come from Exodus chapter number one, and the Bible says here in these first 10 verses of Exodus two, there was a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, uh, took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months, and when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her, maid, uh, her maidens walked among uh, excuse me, along by the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go, and the maid went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Now, we've been going through this series the last couple Sundays on uh, journeys of faith, and what we're doing is we're, we're looking at uh, biblical characters in the Bible who took a journey of faith. Today, we, we come to Exodus chapter number two, and our journey today is a journey of faith that took uh, this young man that we just looked at to the palace. And as we get into our lesson this morning, uh, it, it, it reminds me so much of what was going on in the days of Moses that when you think about the world that we live in and the world that, that was the day of Moses, Certainly you watch, especially in social media, how uh, media today belittles family values. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Uh, the media, not only the media, but a lot of children started school last week. And even a lot of the, the textbooks uh, that children are subjected to in school now in the public school system are teaching different values than the Word of God teaches about the home, about the family. And it's sad but by the way, it, it's nothing new. Now, one of the aspects of the home, of course, is the mother. And motherhood is something that really doesn't get much encouragement, even from society also. There are even movements today that say it's deplorable. This is their view, not mine. This is not the Bible. They say it's deplorable for a woman to stay at home. And, and they feel like that a woman, uh, there's a lot of movements to try to Try to, try to get women to go out, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And again, this is a decision even my wife and myself came to uh, in our lives as a couple, as a home, as a family. Every family has the right to make those decisions. But listen, they teach that it's deplorable that a mother would be a mother. And, and again, we see a lot of just strange things going on. In reality, when I think about a motherhood, I feel in my life, as I've, as I've been a son, as I've been a child, as I've had a mother-in-law, of course, I've known many women, I feel that 
that motherhood, being a mother, is one of the most influential roles on the earth. I really do. Uh, I know that many of us are where we are today because of our moms, uh, because of their influence in our lives. Newsweek reported some things that I thought were interesting. They said that the average mother works about 92 hours a week, the average. Uh, They went on to say in this article that the study stated that if mothers were paid all of her, uh, paid for everything that she does, her duties, everything she does, in one week, she would have a salary uh, for a year of $138,095. Now, what they did was they took all the duties mothers perform, that people get paid to do those things, and then they added it. That's how they came up on that figure. You think about how mothers, they're taxi cab drivers, they're counselors, uh, they're carpenters sometimes, they're accountants, uh, they're, sometimes they, they play the role of a judge, they're motivational speakers, uh, they're supervisors, they're event planners, I mean on and on and on, all of these things and many things more mothers do, but the work of mothers, folks listen, I'm going to tell you something, it's, you'll see in our lesson this morning, I think the work of a mom is priceless. Uh, without mom, listen, children wouldn't be who they are or where they are today. The Bible says, look, at I could, so many verses from especially this chapter, Proverbs 31, but look at a couple in your outline there. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies, the Bible says. There in that same chapter, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. And men, listen, I'm going to tell you something. God's given you a wife that's a mother. You ought to praise God. Listen, there's no perfect woman. There's no perfect man. But we ought to praise her, as the Bible says, because of her role and how priceless she is. Moses was one that was born, and of course, his mother, we're going to talk about here in just a minute, but just to kind of set the stage for the lesson this morning, Moses was born in a very wicked day in, in, when the children of Israel, the Jewish people, they were in bondage. And the Bible teaches how that they had suffered a lot of difficulties for a period of about 400 years. During that particular time, if you remember what the scriptures say without us going to it, Pharaoh gave an order, and his order was that all the, the Hebrew male children that were being born, what did he say needed to happen to them? that they were supposed to be killed. They were supposed to be, and he, so he, he ordered the midwives, and of course it was a different day, they didn't have the hospital system, things like we do nowadays. He ordered the midwives that if they saw that the baby was a male, that they were to put that, that baby to, to death. And this is what we see was going on in the days of Moses. Now, it's, it's a, a great story this morning because number one, it's Bible, it's truth, but also, it's, there's a lot of great lessons for us to learn on this journey to the palace in Moses' life. And it begins with his mother who acted very wisely in the face of danger. Uh, she realized, listen, God's given me this son, and I know what the order is. And the Bible says she hid him, she concealed his identity. Now, you have to understand that there were midwives also that knew that she had given birth to a son. And the Bible says that she acted in a certain way that I believe was a wise way, and we can learn much from this journey, not only Moses's, but her journey of faith. So I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, 
in our outline the protection of Jochebed. The protection of Jochebed. Now, when you, when you think about Moses' mother, she wanted to protect him from death. She wanted to make sure that her son would not be killed. But, you know, can I tell you that God's plan, listen to me, went farther and was more important than even Jochebed's plan for her son. See, she wanted to just preserve the life of her son, but when you look at the, the whole scheme of the thing, when you look at what was behind this, really what it was is that God had planned for Moses to have a foundation in his life that would eventually help him to become the great man of faith that he really was. There was a lot more to this that even maybe Jochebed could not see. And from his childhood, we see that Moses' faith, this journey began, and it began, look at Proverbs 1.8. And this is, this is the way we need to be with our children, if you have children, is, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Children need to be taught the ways of God. Uh, they need to understand what, what God would have for their lives. And folks, if they're not hearing it in a Christian home and they're not hearing it in a Christian church, they're certainly not going to hear it in the world they live in. Uh, the world's not going to teach them the ways of God. And so I want you to see this morning that she protected her son from the, uh, from the threat of evil. Now, you see not only in Exodus chapter 1 and Exodus chapter number 2, but another place you could pick up this story if in your outline is look at Hebrews chapter 11 there in verse 23. Look what it says. By faith, Moses, and here it is, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, again, you see here that she understood the threat. She understood the danger that was there, but, but God had a mission for Moses. God had a purpose for his, uh, for his life, even from his birth. And listen, this is the man, as we study him this morning, as a little baby. He was destined to be the leader of the nation of Israel, and God, as he began to grow older, God would begin to guide his life. But all of that was God's plan from the beginning. But we see the faith, the protection of his mother, and how she had the courage to protect him. She put her own life in danger. And I see mothers a lot of times always putting themselves last and helping their children, doing things just like Jochebed did for her son here to protect him from the wickedness Look, God, it was evident that God's hand was there. Listen, it just didn't happen that this princess, Pharaoh's daughter, came. God, God worked all of that out. See, a lot of times we look at a situation and we think to ourselves, what a, what a wicked world we live in. I don't know how in the world things are going to work out. Listen, God is working behind the scenes, just like he did here in Moses' life. And we see here how the, that this princess comes and she has pity on him. Now, when you think about this, look, Pharaoh, really, the way I see it in this passage is, Pharaoh, in his day, was acting just like the devil is acting in our day. And let me give you this, because I, I thought long about this this week, is that what was Pharaoh trying to do? He was trying to exterminate the Hebrew race, the Jewish people. Because if he could have done away with all the males, then there would be no more Jewish uh, children. The, the race would end, much like what Hitler tried to do in his day. 
You think about what is the devil doing today? The devil is trying to eliminate future generations of not Hebrews, but Christians. That's what the devil's trying to do. He'd love to see more and more people that are Christians to be killed, to be done away with, so that their life, their testimony would not live on. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we have that promise from the Lord himself. But see, I, I see this this morning, how the, the protection there from the threat of evil. But then notice also she protected him from the attack of Satan. Again, I mentioned that Satan's trying to destroy this world, but in this day, in Moses' day, he was trying to destroy the nation of Israel. Well, how was he doing that? By attacking the family. The devil, even today, is doing all, it's an all-out attack against the family. I, I don't know if you've been experiencing this. If you've been living for God and you've been trying to raise your children and trying to have a Christian home, I'm going to tell you something. I guarantee you your home has either been under attack or it is under attack. The devil does not, he is not going to just sit idly by. He tried to eliminate all these male babies. Today he's trying to infiltrate the hearts of children. All the wicked things that you know, I, I saw the other day, I don't know how old the kid was. In my, in my best estimation, he might have been five. And he, and he had a cell phone. And I'm, again, if you have a child and you give them, that's your business. I just think, it, honestly, it's ridiculous for children to have cell phones. It, listen, it's not necessarily the cell phone. Uh, honestly, I don't really see the need for a child to have one. But it's, it's all the things that come into the cell phone that you can't control. And, and there's so many things that, so many avenues that the devil can use to affect the, the hearts and the minds of children. Can I tell you, God, even in, even in Moses' day, I believe it's just like in the days of Jacobet, God is calling parents to be just like her, to protect our children from the evil, and we need to be willing to do that. And notice a couple ways that we can do that. And you might say, well, listen, I don't have children. My children are grown or my children are whatever. But can I tell you, listen, this is, this is all Bible. It's good for us to understand that we can help others maybe even in our own lives. Look at some ways that we can help uh, protect children from the danger. Number one, set boundaries. Now, a lot of times people don't like that, but look what the Bible says in Proverbs 4. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Listen, I'm just going to say it this morning. There is nothing wrong with Christian parents having standards and guidelines in your home. There is nothing wrong with that. Because standards and guidelines, they're, they're not designed to rob your children of joy. It's, honestly, it's just the opposite. They are designed to protect your children. Uh, you know, my, my, my mom and dad, they weren't, they weren't Christian uh, parents raising me, but there were a lot of times my parents would say, my dad would say, he would say to me, son, don't go out and play in the street. That was a good one. What was he doing? Trying to protect me. Because automobiles, listen, sometimes they can't see children. Uh, sometimes they do, they see people. I mean, I, I saw on the news a couple weeks ago, some guy was just sitting uh, on the sidewalk and some car came right off the street and went right over the guy. 
You know, we've got to set some guidelines. We've got to set some boundaries to protect our children. Number two, we need to give some warning. When it comes to the evil in the world today, look at Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Look, I hope you understand the spirit of God, and that is that we all need to ask God for wisdom. And that when we give warning, that we should not do it in a harsh way. Understand that you can lovingly warn your children of the evil and the danger that is lurking there. Look, many times they don't see it, but we see it. God gives us wisdom to see the danger that is there. So the ways we can protect them is to set boundaries, give warning. Look at it. Here's a good one, number three. And this hits all of us. Set an example. Set an example for your children or your children's children. Look what the Bible says, a great passage here, 2 Timothy 1. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Do you get that? I remember when I first started getting interested in my wife and I got to know her family and I didn't know what a Christian family was like. I didn't know what being a Christian was like. And the longer we spent time together and I got to know them, I got to meet her whole family, which included her grandmother. They called her Lottie. And, 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 and then I, met, of course, met her mother and, and, and I just I saw... As time went on, this same principle that was in Timothy's life was in my wife's life, how that her grandmother had a faith, and that faith was something that was transferred to her mother, and now it was in my wife. And I saw that. And can I tell you that, listen, all of us are an example either for good or for bad. It's your choice. But I know this, children are watching grandchildren are watching. We don't, a lot of times we don't think of that as adults, but we are setting an example in our lives. And look, the, the Bible tells us that when we think of this, children, they, they may not always do as we say. A lot of times we will say something to them. They may not do as we say, but almost always you'll find that children will do as we do. You know, that's one thing I did appreciate about my parents, even though they weren't Christians, was my parents weren't hypocritical. There were things my mom and dad did that they shouldn't have been doing. And when I started doing those things, my mother and father didn't say to me, listen, you can't do those. Here's what they said. We wish you wouldn't do those. Now, at least I appreciated that. The the truth is they shouldn't have been doing those things either, but I, I appreciated that they weren't hypocritical about that. See, in our lives, if our children are watching, they are oftentimes going to do as we do and say, Pastor, how do I, how do I handle that? How, do, how am I supposed to combat that? Here it is. Live a consistent, godly life before them. Live a consistent, godly life. Uh, be the right kind of example, and it'll help them to, to, to be aware of the danger around them. Look at number four. Another way we can help is to be wise to that which is good. 
be wise to that which is good. Look what it says in Proverbs 16, 19. Great verse here. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but ye I would have, he says, yet I would have ye wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Now, when you look at this verse here, Romans 16, 19, what does the world teach children? It teaches children how to do things wrong. It teaches them evil ways. I remember I have four children. I, uh, I think largely I was responsible for teaching most of my children how to drive an automobile. And I know this, that I never, ever, ever taught any of my children how to speed. But they all do. They pick that up on their own. You know, the world teaches that. My daughter gets on the 95, you know, it's like a racetrack, you know. It is a racetrack, you know. And, and, and look, the world is teaching our children evil. You know what we need to teach them as godly Christians? Good things. So when you think about protecting them from danger, be wise to that which is good. And then look at number five. We need to teach our children the word of God. Teach them the word of God. These things which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Look, teaching God's word to your children is essential. It is one of the most important things. The Bible is our sword and it's our main source of protection. And we need to pr protect our children. That's what Jochebed was doing. She was protecting her son from the threat of evil. And she was protecting him from the attack of Satan. Hey, listen, that's what Christian parents do for their children, is to protect them. But notice, secondly, I see the provision of the Lord. Now, when you get back into Exodus chapter number 2, the Bible says in verse number 5 that the daughter of Pharaoh came down to the river. She came down again uh, it, was a, it was a different day. They didn't have the bathhouses that, that even we saw uh, that maybe rich people did during Bible days. But she came down to the river, and when she did, she, she observed and saw this child that had been placed there. And so what, is, what do we see here? Well, we see, first of all, that the Lord provided a place for Moses. Because, listen, certainly if, if Jochebed would have kept her son in her house, Eventually, it would, have, it would have been made public. She has a child, a male child. And so she makes this decision. She trusts God. She has faith to protect, God, protect her son. She puts him in this ark and puts him in the bulrushes. And by the way, you can see the grace and the love there, how she, she daubed it with slime and with pitch. Uh, she made it waterproof so that her son wouldn't drown in the, in the river. And, and we see here that God then provides for him to have a place. And, and notice here that, that he would go to the, the palace. And, and it's interesting when, when the, the, uh, the princess finds Moses. Again, you can see God working here, how God had planned through all of this that his own mother would be the one to raise her son. What a neat thing. It, you know, you think about that. That's just how God works all things together for good. 
how, how she trusted God, and then here's Pharaoh's daughter, and, and she finds him, and then she says, hey, go call one of the Hebrew women, and so the, 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 the gal says, okay, I, I know someone. Well, she knew that that was Moses' mother, and she went and got him. It's a beautiful picture here of God's provision in his life, and when, when he was taken from that river and from that little ark of bulrushes, and he was taken to the palace, think about this, this provided a foundation for him. Now, you might be thinking, well, he's in Egypt. You know, he's in the palace. But who was raising him? His mother. See, she was teaching him. She was training him. Many believe that Jochebed actually was able to, to spend uh, all this time raising him until he was about probably about five or six years of age. Well, you think about that. That's, that's a very informative time in a child's life. Early on, he was taught godly ways, and God provided uniquely for not only for that time period, but really for Moses's future. And this is what we see in this passage. He received a knowledge while he was there in the palace. Look, he began to understand the inner workings of the palace, how Pharaoh, what he, how he thought, how things worked. And you know what? God was going to use that at a future time when Moses would come back to be the leader of God's people. So we see he provided a place, but notice he also provides not only for Moses, but God provides principles for us. You see, again, this, this uh, Bible story here about a true story about a, a man named Moses, it filters over into our lives too, how God provides so many things for us. Look, God guides us by the principles of his word. Look at one of those in Ephesians 6, 4. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Here it is, but bring them up. Read the rest of that verse. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, what is God commanding us here in Ephesians 6, 4? He's commanding us to teach our children, to train our children. That's exactly what Jochebed did for, for Moses. Now, the word there, nurture, it's a word that I, a lot of people don't like this word but it actually speaks of discipline. Remember what the Bible says? For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. You see, sometimes, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, that's a part of God's love for us. God's not going to let us just do things wrong. He's going he's to love us. He's going to correct us. He's going to discipline us. What is he doing? He's guiding us. Uh, certainly, look, I, I think it is true. We should never discipline our children out of anger. We should only ever discipline them out of love. One of the things I tried to do over the years was, if I, if I was really upset about something my children did, I tried not to discipline them until I cooled off. It's a smart thing to do. Because we do things in anger that normally we would not do if we weren't in that state of mind. And we see here that God is commanding us to discipline our children. And our homes need to be places of loving correction, and they need to be places of order. Why? Because God is a God of order. And so the, the Bible says we are to nurture them, we're to discipline them, but then it says also in the admonition of the Lord. Well, the word admonition means the, the teaching, the instructional part of, of our children's lives. Look at Proverbs 1.8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Dads, teach your kids. Look what it says here. Forsake not the law of thy mother, for they, the instruction, the law of your mother. 
they will be an ornament of grace under thy head and chains about thy neck. In other words, these are something you could take with you. It'll help you to live your life in a way that's pleasing to your parents, pleasing to God. Young children, the choices that they make, listen to me, moms and dads, the choices and the decisions young people make are influenced by those early years, the protection and the training that are provided by the parents. I really believe Moses became the man that he, he became because of the mother that he had and because of the protection. God protected him. God wants to protect us when it comes to uh, principles in our lives. God will use those. I love what John Wesley said. He says, and this is true, I learned more about God from my mother than I learned from all the theologians in England. All these guys that were puffed up with knowledge, he said, you know, listen, I learned a lot of things from those guys, but he says, I learned a whole lot more from my mother than I did from any of them. And we need to understand the role that mothers play. Look at Paul wrote there in Philippians 4, 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what's that next word? Do. James wrote, don't just be a hearer of the word but be a doer of the word. See, there's been things that have been invested in you. Now look, in your life, understand that sometimes it might not be good things, it might be bad things. Learn from that. Set those things, learn from those things that you shouldn't do. But the things that, that are good and godly, that God has shown you, that God has taught you, whether it's your parents, whether it's some uh, spiritual person in your life, the things that you have, uh, have heard and seen and learned, and the Bible says here, do and the God of peace shall be with you. So we see here, look, that, that this mother, she loved her son. She was doing everything she could just to preserve his life. But God had so much more of a plan for Moses. And a lot of times we think, hey, listen, I, I want to care for my children. But listen, can I tell you, God has a greater purpose for your children than even you, you and I know. And it's a wonderful thing to think about this. And look at number three this morning. This is where it is, the purpose of Moses. We talk oftentimes about the man Moses and how God used him. What was the purpose that, that God had? Well, again, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, listen, listen to these words. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he's no longer a child. When he's come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater. Did you hear those words? Greater than the riches and the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. And what a great thought there in his life, and it ought to be the same with us, is that we realize Moses understood, hey, look, I should not identify myself with, with the, the world. And that's what Egypt is in the Bible. It's a type of the world. He says, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not like them. I'm not a part of them. And so he realizes here, God had a purpose for his life, and we need to be the same way, is that God's purpose for Moses is the same purpose God has for your life and my life today, too. And look at it this morning, letter A. We are to identify with God's people, every one of us. 
And listen, when you got saved, you became a Christian. And you ought to identify. That's why I love scriptural baptism. Because, listen, when a person gets baptized, what are they doing? They're identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. With his death, his burial, his resurrection. And one thing that we learned from Moses in Hebrews 11 is, Moses said, look, <clears throat> I don't want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know why? Because she's not my mother. I'm not a part of those people. I'm a part of God's people. And understand this morning, if you're saved, look, we also need to refuse to, to identify with the, with the things of this world. God commands this identity for us that he wants us to identify and fellowship with God's people. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Listen, every one of us needs to see the importance of, of being around God's people. Let me ask you this. Do you feel, I know whenever, we, when I was younger and I got, of course, got saved, and after I got saved and we would go to functions, family functions, which are always interesting, and we would go for a birthday party, we would go for a graduation, we'd go for a wedding, and on my side of the family, my family, there's no Christians. And on Joy's side of the family, they're all Christians. So you can understand how interesting and difficult it got for us as years went by. We still loved our family. But listen, I got together with her family, and listen, there was a, there was a peace, there was a calm, there was, it, we laughed, there was joy, and so on. When I got together with my family, quite the opposite. It was like being on board a ship full of sailors at sea. I mean, it was just, it was just, I think all of us, how many of you understand what I'm talking about this morning? And that's why, listen, we need to make sure that we, like, like Moses, that we identify with God's people. This is God's, this is what God wants for us. That's the purpose God has for you. Listen, you're not going to be strengthened by hanging around the world. Remember what Peter did when he was warming his hands by the fire? He denied the Lord. You see, when you're with the Lord, when you're with God's people, there's strength in numbers. God will minister to you, and God wants us to identify with His people. Notice another thing, that another purpose for our lives is not only to identify with God's people, but we are to separate from sin. That's what Moses did. He separated. Wednesday night, I, I shared some things in the Wednesday night, and if you didn't get a chance to be here, you ought to listen to that message. But really, it follows the same pattern that you see in the Old Testament. There were some Hebrew children that were taken from their home. They were taken to a heathen land. They were instructed, hey, listen, we're going to change your names. We're going to give you new clothes. We're going to put you get a new diet. We want you to start acting like and thinking like us instead of the people that you, are, you came from. And I love the spirit of those three Hebrew boys and the other one whose name was Daniel. And I want you to look at this verse here in your notes. And here's what it says. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Hey, praise the Lord for people 
who, who say, listen, I understand God is a holy God and I am one of his children, therefore God says, I am holy, therefore be ye holy. You know what a Christian does? We are to separate from sin. See, oftentimes we, we think to ourselves, well, it's just a little this, a little that. You ever, you ever see how, and years ago I saw a good illustration of this, but, but a lot of times boats, when they're in the water, they look fine. You know, they, they can clean them up, they look good. But if you look at the boat, that, the part of the boat that's below the water surface, things start to attach themselves. Barnacles, or whatever you want to call it, to the sides of the ship. You know, if that ship stays in the water year after year after year, it just continues to build up to where eventually it's going to affect the way that boat would move in the water. And sin in our lives, you know what it does? It begins to build up. It hurts us. It hurts the cause of Christ. And what we need to do, like Moses did, Moses said, you know what? I, I'm going to separate myself from that. I don't want to be a part of the world. And it's a great lesson for us this morning, not only to identify with God's people, but also to separate from sin. And then notice letter C, we are to wait on God's reward. And this is what I love about Moses. He had no idea what was going to happen as time went on. But what he did was he patiently waited on God's reward. And I'm convinced God blesses those who follow him on their journey of faith. God's going to bless you. Look, you may not know how it's all going to play out. Can I just tell you, have faith in God. Keep your eyes on the Lord. You know, earth's riches, what this world has to offer it pales in comparison to the riches that God has for us. And by the way, the things that God will bless us with are not only in heaven someday, but the Bible says in this present world also. God wants to bless your life now and someday in glory. And it, it, we, we see a lot of great lessons this morning. His journey of faith, certainly he was protected. God provided for him. God had a purpose for his life. I think God can do the same thing in our lives as his children. Look, as, as a parent, I, I learned some valuable things, reminded of some things in this study, how I need to be uh, protecting my children. Look, the devil, you say, well, your children are adults. Yes. They still need God's protection. Satan is still attacking. The devil never rests. He doesn't take a vacation. And we need to choose to... to uh, raise our children on the principles, but listen, are you going to set the right example and live by those principles yourself? There's some great lessons here this morning about just trusting God, staying obedient, your journey of faith. You know, you think about this, what an amazing story. I think we, we, we don't have time this morning to go on and talk about all the things that Moses did, but What's something you learned this morning from the life of Moses? Maybe something you learned from his mother. Anybody at all? Faith? What else? Trust? Trust how, Nancy? And God certainly did. Brother Flynn? You know, and, and I, I, I'm convinced when you, the longer you study the Word of God, here's, here's the fallacy. 
is oftentimes we think to ourselves, if I, if I come out from among them, how can I be effective? But what you need to understand is your effectiveness gets, it, it becomes greater when you come out from among them. Because then people actually see the difference. The Bible does say we are to be, we're peculiar people. That means we are to be distinctly different. If you're in and among the crowd, guess what you look like? The crowd. I, I don't think God wants us to be spiritual weirdos. But I do believe God wants us to live a life separate from sin. Anybody else this morning? Yes, sir. I wholeheartedly agree with that, Joe. He, what's that? He said at, at any age, our children are still watching us. Yes, ma'am. Well, he tried. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the school system is humanity. I mean, it's, that's, you go back, the, the roots of that go back to the days of, uh, of the, you know, a lot of ungodly uh, philosophers who, we're, we're starting to see the fruit of the root that started back in the 19th and 20th century. That's right. Devolution, that's what it is. Yes, sir. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's, it, it, listen, God never said it was going to be easy, but it's always right. It's always right. Yes, sir. Um, the fact that he was taught of Christ because Christ wasn't born for a thousand years. So assuming the reproach of Christ's greater riches, where did he understand that from? He only answered the question Abraham. That's right. That's right. Abraham and the the little knowledge that they had because not even much of the scriptures, right. you know, had, had even been written by that time. So it must have been really throughout the Hebrew culture to know that, yep. that his mother taught him. Exactly. That's what the Deuteronomy 6 passage and other places. That's why it's so important because, it, look, even though we have, all of, we have all of God's word today versus what Wally's saying here, which is true, what are we doing with it? Are we teaching it to our kids at all? You know, my wife has really just got a burden. Um, she teaches the little children on Wednesday nights, and she said, God just put on my heart to teach those kids about God. She said, because they're not going to get it in school. You know, I appreciate a wife that's, that's sensitive and tender to that because we've got to be teaching them because they're not going to get it from any other place. They're really not. Yeah, well, and they, they, since, what, 63, they removed prayer, and they've been, every semblance of God they can, they've been trying to remove it from society. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even the Ten Commandments. And we know that, that again, it, the, the law just guides us, but it, it brings us to the knowledge of Christ. So, you know, the, look, the devil is, he's crafty. You know, and you can't say the devil is doing all of this, but there are people who have that mindset 
that are, that are just doing some wicked and evil things. And again, I don't think all the technology is bad or wrong, but I think that, again, it's just another avenue. And, you know, just like even music. Music is an avenue that the devil can use. So, well, listen, it's been great to be in God's house this morning. Hope God taught you something this morning from the life of Jochebed, the life of Moses. And so let's, let's continue our journey of faith. Looking forward to a great service this morning. We'll get started here in about 15 minutes.